0: Welcome back to anchored in always. So in today's episode, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, just something that I personally have been struggling with myself, especially for the last few weeks. Um, And I mentioned it in a Facebook post. um, If you follow me on Facebook, uh, I think it was last week, but just this idea of kind of imposter syndrome, I call it, you know, um, just feeling like I think for me, as I um, just finished getting my certification for Christian coaching, my website launched um, and I um, have a couple have a couple women's events that I'm going to be speaking at. One I just spoke at this past weekend and another one coming up. I think, you know, I was really struggling and wrestling with, you know, who am I? um, because I am still in the middle of my grief. And sometimes I have these strong waves of grief still. Um, and I, it just started causing doubt and fear in me that who am I to be standing up in front of these women and, and, and talking to them about, um, anchoring into Jesus and the storms of life, marriage, and loss when I'm, you know, still, uh, overwhelmed with grief at times and just really, really, um, hurting. And so I had a conversation, With my dad about this prior to the event that I just spoke spoke at on Saturday, and I was just really encouraged by um, what he shared with me, and um, so I invited him to come back on the show. I know he's been on several times, and I've heard from many of you that you are just really encouraged with the things that my dad shares, and. Um, so I wanted to have him come on I felt like it was very important to have him share some of those things with you all today because I know that I'm not the only one um, here that struggles with this kind of thought of am I qualified am I equipped who am I to do this or that Um, and so I just wanted to to have my dad speak on that today so dad thank you so much for being on the show again it's always a pleasure to have you sure
1: honey always a pleasure to be on and And again, part of my pleasure is uh, even though the rest of the people can't see us, you and I are on Zoom, so I can see you and you can see me. And that's a pleasure in itself. Well, it's a pleasure in myself that I can see you. I don't know how much of a pleasure it is that you can see me, but at least least one way it's a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks, Dad. Yes, I look forward to it as well. Um, Well, Dad, starting out this conversation, I guess I just wanted to um, so when I had posted on Facebook um, about just struggling with imposter syndrome and feeling, I think I used the words qualified. Am I qualified? Who am I to do this? And um, and was struggling with that. And you didn't respond on Facebook, but you sent me a text message um, responding to that just with some wisdom and encouragement from the Bible. And um, so if you could just share with the listener today, what you shared with me in that text, kind of an expand on that a little bit your thoughts on, am I qualified?
1: Yeah, sure, honey. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, it just happened to be one of those mornings. I don't get on Facebook very much. Um, It's a time waster for me. So I, I don't spend a lot of time. I usually, when I'm on there, I'm looking to see whether you or any of the rest of your siblings have put on pictures because I love seeing the pictures and that kind of thing. But that's about it. But I saw that one. And I never respond to those things publicly because there's a ton of people on there that wouldn't understand what I'm talking about. I think Facebook is a terrible place to try to defend any kind of position because anybody can take your words the wrong way uh, because they don't know. They don't hear your tone. They don't they don't know the connotations that uh, as you're speaking. So you know, when you talk about being unqualified and you were looking at it as such a weakness and you were looking at it as a problem and immediately I was just like the Lord you know, just kind of uh, spoke to me about the fact uh, to let you know that that's a great strength um, because we're all unqualified. Who, who is any of us to feel that we're qualified um, you know, Paul said about his ministry, you know, in Second Corinthians, he said, who's qualified for this? Speaking about himself, he's, you know, he's really saying there's no human being. I mean, when you think about that, we stand in a place representing God and representing God's truth, which is pure and unerring, and he entrusts that truth to erring um, people that's quite an amazing thing, but we're not qualified. We're, we're not qualified because, and I th- I understand, you know, that um, our society puts a lot on degrees and education, all that stuff. I'm not knocking all that, but uh, you know, uh, so we tend to look at someone who has a PhD, a ThD, or who's an MD, a doctor, rather oh, well, they're qualified. OK, uh, well, no, they're not necessarily qualified. I know a lot of uh, very educated people with a lot of degrees that are very stupid mm-hmm. when it comes to practical things. So the degree doesn't make you smart. Uh, the, deg- the degree or the depth of education doesn't give you wisdom. Uh, all of that comes from the Holy Spirit. And he he does that uh, in uh, with, without favoritism. You know, I mean, God invites us to ask him for wisdom, and James says he gives it to us impartially. So there's a sense where I I feel like uh, anybody doing any work for God is unqualified. And that the minute that that we feel qualified, I think this is what I shared with you. The minute that we feel qualif- the minute we feel qualified is the moment that we try to do that ministry in the power of our own strength. And then what ends up happening is that God doesn't get the glory that He should get out of that um, because of it. And I think I I, I went to the example for you um, for the Apostle Paul. Because I, I just am so amazed. I mean, I look at Paul, and if someone just say to my who's who's the greatest Christian to ever lived on the face of the earth? You'd almost have to say Paul. Uh, you know, sometimes you wonder whether the guy was even human. Um, but you you would have to say, boy, if anybody's qualified. Uh, The apostle Paul is qualified, but you know, he writes when he writes to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, he says this, and I'm just going to read. He says, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Now, you got to understand the background that, you know, the Corinthian church, the city of Corinth was in Greece. So they were very they were very uh, hung up on intellectualism, philosophy. I mean, that's just all part of the, the whole Greek culture. So everything had to be about, you know, education and and that kind of thing. And he says, I didn't, I didn't come to you that way. I didn't come to you with lofty speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And then he says this, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much troubling. Now, if somebody said, well, what are, your, what are your qualifications as a speaker? Well, I'm weak and fearful and I tremble a lot. <laughs> uh, would that get you a booking at a church? Probably not. It okay, wouldn't get you a booking anywhere. But here's Paul who says, I, I came to you, my speech, my message, they were, they were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and in power. Because of the fact that I was weak and I was fearful and I was trembling, the very fact that I could speak and that it had effect was not because of me. It was because of the Holy Spirit living in me. And then he concludes that with the verse 5. He says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men. I mean, ultimately, that's the temptation of every speaker. That's the temptation of anyone who speaks for God. I, I don't care whether it's a pastor, a, a, a seminary professor, a missionary, you know, a layperson out of a church, it doesn't make a difference, that, that so often we fight this thing in the flesh that we want people to be impressed with us. You know, we want them, yeah, you know, we, a matter of fact, we're, we, we want to share, we're, we're like Satan, we want to share the glory. Okay, in, in other words, yeah, God, I want you to glorify it on this, but I wouldn't mind it a little spillover on me, too. So, but see, that wasn't Paul's thing. Paul says, I want this all to be a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. If you know me, I'm weak, fearful, trembling, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So it's all back to God. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And I just love that. You know, it just, it just reminds me, just do your work unto the Lord. Just, just do it, do it in his power. The, the only qualification you have. Is that Christ is in you in the person of the Holy Spirit? And when you speak the word of God, that's the other thing that gives you qualification. And that's why I teach so much from the Bible, because the Bible is the only thing that gives me qualification. My opinions, uh, my I, I don't care if I had a ton of titles before and after my name. None of them would give me any authority to speak on God's behalf. The only Qualification I have is to take the word of God in the power of the Spirit of God to proclaim it to the people of God for the glory of God. That's it. That that's our qualification. And and even Paul, one other verse, and I think I shared this with you too, was uh First uh, Corinthians fifteen ten. Here here again, listen to Paul's testimony. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I mean, that's a that's an he, he he's just saying, look, there's nothing in me that qualifies me for this. It's all by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And you know what's neat about that, honey, is that that has nothing to do with education. Again, don't. for those of you listening, I'm not knocking education or any of those things. I'm just saying it doesn't have anything to do with that. Every person who trusts Christ comes to Christ through His grace and receives His grace. And you are empowered the rest of your life through His grace. You do what you do in the name of Jesus by His grace and by the power of His Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. And those things, every person has available to them that knows the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about being qualified, just just be so careful.
0: Yes, dad, thank you so much that, um, you know, that is something like when you said all of that just now, but also on that text that I really do feel that, that that's what God is really working on me lately that at the, I do struggle with that, um, that striving mentality of like, I need to, I need to do something like it's up to me and Um, And there's pride there too. I know that. Um, And I feel like he's, he's really, because he does have a purpose and a calling on on my life on on all of our lives that he's just trying to root that out. Like he's calling me to himself and, and it's hard. It's painful at times. It's almost like chiseling away at, at me, you know, this process of of just being refined and he's chiseling away those parts to um of me and it's painful and i don't like it at times you know but i really do know that that he's really just calling me to himself to allow me to be used by him and you know for the purpose that he has for my life and um and that's really like so this weekend when i spoke at that event that's what i felt like i felt like i did go there this time and i genuinely wanted to um really, truly minister to these ladies, but I wanted it to be about what God was speaking through me. The Mm -hmm. Holy spirit was speaking through me that, that I felt broken enough, um, that I knew that there wasn't anything that I was going to be able to do. Um, which was honestly a good place to be. I was afraid of that place going into it, but, um, but because I was relying on myself, but then as I was speaking to these ladies, I really did feel uh, a peace just that, that the Holy spirit was speaking through me. It's not, it's not me, but it is me um, that, and us that have to be obedient, you know, that have to listen. And like you said, knowing his word, being in relationship with him, understanding the Bible, um, you know, listening to the Holy spirit and responding. I love second Timothy one seven for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, you know, recognizing that when we, when I hear those things. Uh, you're not qualified, or you're not, you know, those, the enemy speaking those lies in my ear, that that's not from God, that's from him, that's from the enemy. Um, Because God is giving me a spirit of power, love and self discipline. Um, So thank you for that, you know, that wisdom and encouragement. And um, the other thing that...
1: Let let me just say one other thing to this too, Katie, kind of a counterbalance, because I don't want people to walk away with the wrong thing. I'm not, I'm not promoting here that as a speaker, uh, whether you're a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, or you're a pastor or a seminary professor or a conference speaker, any of that, I'm not saying here that you should not be prepared. I'm not saying here that you don't have a part to play, okay? Uh, I'm not promoting this thing of saying, uh, like, 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 you know, I didn't tell you, well, Katie, don't, you know, just just go and just show up and let the Holy Spirit just put whatever in your mouth he wants. That's that's the, the Greek word for that is hogwash. It I mean, it's just, you know, it. no, it's not true. There's a part and it's interesting uh, in our small group yesterday, we were going through Philippians and we were looking at this verse and I think it's very important Philippians. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, verse 13, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's that divine tension. So we say, who's responsible for our our, our, our maturity? Who's responsible for our spiritual growth? If one person says, well, we are, they're right, verse 12. If another person says, well, God is, they're right, verse 13. So which one is it? It's both. So there is There is this, yes, when I say we're unqualified, that's the attitude that we need to have about ourselves, so that we don't get puffy and proud. It's not the attitude we should have about preparation. Mm -hmm. We study, you know, we dig deep into the word of God. We prepare long so that we know that what we're telling people is the truth of God's word, not just stuff spinning off the top of our uh, uh, top of our brain but that's the truth. I don't, I don't want people to think that there's, there's no part that we play. It's just making sure with that balance to understand it's not because I'm anything special that I stand here before you teaching, you know, kind of thing. So.
0: Yeah. Yes, definitely. Well, um, thank you, dad, for um, just clarifying that. Cause I think that is definitely a very important point. Um, and the other thing I wanted to kind of move into here, dad, um, and share was when you and I had a conversation on the phone on Friday before, um, I was speaking at this event on Saturday and, um, I was talking to you about just that particular day. I was grieving a little harder. And so I was, I had that this, this thought, but more as how am I, you know, part of what I want my intention of doing this podcast and of speaking is to, um, is to help encourage other people, um, in their struggles. And yet I'm sitting here up, uh, you know, Grieving and in a, a puddle of tears and a mess, and so how can I be an encouragement to people? And I was really, you know, crying to you on the phone in that moment, and um, you shared with me Second uh, Corinthians one four, um, which said, "He comforts us in." all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And so I just wanted, if you could share with the listener, just a little bit about what you shared with me coming from that verse, you know, just to encourage them that, you know, how can you comfort someone when you're still hurting or struggling?
1: Well, I hope I can remember what I said to you, but, uh, (laughs) With that. Yeah, you know, that verse is, uh, those two verses, uh, verse three is combined. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He is the source of all comfort. But he comforts us for the purpose in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And I think what I pointed out to you, I had to read it again to kind of refresh my mind what I, what I said to you back then. But the, I think the thing that I wanted, that I pointed out to you in that verse, uh, especially in verse four, and so I'm going to read it again that God comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That verse is in the present tense. It it doesn't say who comforted us as if this was something that he did uh, a year ago or two years ago or six months ago, uh, so that we may be able to, to comfort now people who are in any affliction. With the comfort with with which we ourselves are comforted. He didn't say with the comfort with which we ourselves were comforted. So my point to you was this, is that you can give comfort to others at the same time that God still has to be comforting you. Hmm. And that the, that, that's a present. You don't have to wait until you're fully comforted to start comforting other people. As a matter of fact, I think I told you this. I think I told both of you and Josh this early in um, your experience with, with Marcus and, and that kind of thing as he went to be the Lord. That I, 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 Well, even before. I think even before Marcus went to be the Lord I, that I shared this with you. That part of your healing is Sharing what God is teaching you and how He is comforting you, even as you're walking through this with other people who may be going through things in their own lives. And I, I think the other thing that uh, came to me just now, too, that I said to you in this verse, I thought was interesting, was that I know that uh, I know that you do have God has given you a ministry to comfort uh, mothers especially who have lost uh, children, you know. But it's interesting, this verse says, he comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. In other words, he's not restricting the affliction. Uh, I think your version says trouble, same concept. Um, He's not saying, well, Katie, you're only going to be able to minister to moms who have lost children. No, that's not true because you've had comfort in other areas of your life. And so he is able to use the principles of his word by which he comforted you for you to share those principles. And you know what? You you may be you may be speaking totally. I mean, you just got done, I know, at a conference on Saturday where most of what you spoke about was your journey through this, this event with Marcus. Okay. Um but probably you'd be very surprised that uh, as you shared those things, you ministered to women who haven't lost a child, but they're going through other kinds of affliction. And how valuable was it for them to know that God comforted you through this and God is faithful? If he'll comfort you, he'll comfort them. So I, I think that's a powerful thing. We don't have to wait. As a matter of fact, I think that when we're in affliction and God begins to comfort us, that, th- that the, the healing of our lives comes as we share that comfort with others. Because what happens is, is when you have to share with someone else who is going through trouble or affliction of how God is comforting you, You're reinforcing in your own heart that comfort. Because when you're going through the midst of a terrible affliction, like what you and Josh went through, um, the devil plays havoc with your mind. Uh, The devil just brings in all kinds of doubts, all kinds of doubts. You just fight doubt, 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 you know, and you need that reinforcement. Well, that reinforcement isn't so much that other people are reinforcing you. What's what's really about reinforcing is when you have to take the principles that God has given you and you share them with someone else. And then you look back and say, oh, that's right. That's right. It does work. Uh, I remember when I played um, varsity basketball in high school in my junior and senior year, we had a varsity basketball coach that, and I love the way he did this. Instead of having the dad's A lot of parents sometimes would coach the younger grades, like fourth, fifth, and sixth, and that kind of thing. He didn't want dads to do that. What he wanted was he he wanted us varsity players. So after we played on Friday night, we had to get up on Saturday morning and go to various elementary schools. And I remember I had a fourth grade team that I coached, and I coached them again my senior year, the fifth grade team. But he had us coach them. And I never understood the wisdom of that until later. But what was happening was, is as I was coaching them, the things that he had taught me, I was reinforcing in myself. Oh, here's why when I when you set a pick, you roll to the basket. Or here's why when you throw a chest pass, you you do it this way. I was reinforcing those basics in my own self by teaching them to someone else, and I think in a very crude way, that's an illustration of what this is. As you as you sharing. Comfort in the midst of your affliction. You're, you're not just helping someone else. You're you're reinforcing in your own life the truth of God's word and reminding yourself, yes, they that's right. They do they do work. This is what God has promised. So uh, that's a I think a powerful two verses right there. I really do.
0: Yeah, Dad, um, thank you so much. I really Um, I was really encouraged, you know, when you shared that, and I know the person listening to this right now, um, is being encouraged by that reminder because, um, and you're so right. Like, as I taught, one of the things I talked about at this conference was the process of lamenting, um, and what that looks like turning to God, um, laying your complaints at his feet. Asking for what you need, and then ultimately choosing to trust—those are like the four steps of lamenting, and you see that really good in Psalm 13, like step by step. And so I shared that with this woman, and as I came home from that conference, I, um, I, I, I told you, and I, and you know, I was really emotional, and I felt like physically, emotionally, spiritually drained, like I had been almost kind of hit by a truck, and I was grieving. Um, and I wasn't expecting all that. And I had to, you know, use that. Like I went through that process of lament, you know, myself that I just taught these women. Um, and it was just such a great reminder that, you know, um, you've never fully arrive, you know, until we're in heaven. Um, you know, we're always going to be having to walk out the, you know, our faith and just by sharing it with other people, comforting other people, using the tools that we have, the word of God and prayer and meditation, lamenting and all those things that, that is strengthening our own faith and helping us in, in, in times of hardships ourselves, you know, to remind us to go to God for those things. So, um, yes, I, I agree with you and, and found it helpful myself this weekend. So, Dad, just for time's sake and closing here, just any final thoughts that you want to share with the listener um, just to encourage them that, you know, um, and you and you kind of have already. But just to kind of uh, close with it, feeling like we have to be strong in order to help other people. You know, what kind of final thoughts would you say to the person that feels like have to have it all together, and they have to be in this great place and and strong in order to to truly minister or help other people.
1: Well, final thought. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Katie, I just wrote it down because it just came to me, and I thought, well, this would be a great way to kind of close this out because it is something that I did say to you too, and then I'll close with some scripture that uh, that verifies that. But the the I remember what I said to you uh, because one of the things you thought was you you thought if I get up in front of these women uh and i and i'm talking about how god has comforted me uh and god is is using this and josh is my life and i'm standing there bawling like a baby um how are they going to be drawn to that how are they gonna how they you know in other words your thought was i gotta stand up there and not shed tears so that they can see that that i can be strong that you can be strong going through this and i remember saying to you that's exactly the opposite of what you want to do you know, not that you want to get up there and just intentionally cry, but but the issue was what what has drawn people to you and Josh is your transparency, uh, the fact that you have you have clung to Christ even in the midst of tears and grief and heartache, and you've shared both of those, and it has drawn people to you because you if you got up there and spoke and you didn't cry, there's going to be there could be women sitting out there who have lost children, who maybe have lost children two, three years ago, four or five years ago, and they're still crying. And they're thinking, what is wrong with me? Look at that woman. She, her child's only been gone for two years and she's done crying. What's wrong with me? No, I, I think it's very, very important, this transparency. And the other thing is that there's something that God exalts when we promote our weakness, not our strength. And I, I read this out of second corinthians chapter 12 paul had been afflicted with a thorn in the flesh and we're not there's a lot of debate it's what that thorn in the flesh is and i'm not going into here that's not important but it says um that god gave it to him this was the interesting thing he said so to keep me from being conceited So a lot of people say, well, the thorn in the flesh was something that Satan brought about. No, Satan wouldn't want to keep Paul from being conceited. Satan would want Paul to be proud. So this was something from God to humble him, to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations and all the things that God was showing him. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. But it bothered Paul so much because he thought that with this thorn, Whatever this thing was, he couldn't be effective for Christ. So he goes into prayer three times. He said, I pleaded with the Lord. So this ain't just like mealtime prayers. He's he's intense in prayer. I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said this, verse 9, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's, that's where I get my definition of grace. Grace is not only God's uh, divine favor, it is also God's enabling power. Mm. His enabling power. And his enabling power is not shown through our strength. It is shown in our weaknesses. Paul finally understood that. And so he goes on and he writes, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Wow, that's not the way my mind thinks. Right. That's not the way we naturally think. We don't think when we're weak, we're strong. We think when we're strong, we're strong. And Paul says, no, when I'm weak, I got real strength because now the power of Christ rests upon me because I'm not dependent upon myself. Um, his weakness is being taken over by my weakness is being taken over by his grace so that's that's what i would encourage people with is again draw near to christ draw near to christ don't be afraid of your weakness don't be afraid of transparency don't be afraid of sharing with people what god is teaching you even if even if you don't think it's perfected in your life cuz you know the truth of it is nothing's perfected in our life till we get to heaven Nice. So we're in a we're in a whole life journey of being perfected. If we wait till we're perfect to share anything, everybody will be quiet. We have nothing to say. So, yeah, just to encourage people out there, you know, if God is if God is comforting you, if he's if he's giving you something, to share share it with someone um, because not only will you help comfort that person, bring God's, God's comfort to that person, you reinforce in your own heart the things that God is teaching to you.
0: Yes, amen. Um, well, uh, Dad, I couldn't agree with you more. And I've definitely found that to be true. I think I've shared in other podcasts how for so long in my life, I tried to uh, portray this like perfect Christian uh, woman. And that was the image I thought um, would draw people would draw women to me to so that I can minister to them prior to some of the hardships that i faced mm-hmm. that's that was what i thought that if i just um you know, checked all the boxes and did all the right things that, that, that would be what drew women to me. And then I was always frustrated because women weren't flocking to me to be ministered to. And, um and I was like, God, what's going on? I'm doing all the right things. And it was about me. And, but when I started being more vulnerable and transparent and just showing that you know, uh, in my weakness, he is strong. Exactly what you read. That's when people could relate. They could relate to that Katie. They could, you know, and that's when they wanted to come, you know, to me and talk to me and have these conversations that I had really been wanting. So I definitely have found that to be true. I needed to hear that reminder myself. So thank you so much. And thank you just for taking the time to be here, um, on the show again. And if you wouldn't mind, could you just close us in a prayer over the listener today?
1: Sure, would love to, honey. Thank you. Father, just want to thank you for this time of uh, encouragement. Uh, every time we open your word, it's a feast. I think of Psalm 86, where you pleaded with your children of Israel to open wide their mouths, and you would stuff it. You would fill it full. And so we thank you that your word is, is food for our life. It is bread for our soul. Uh, We thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. We thank you, Lord, that... um it is contrary to our natural way of thinking. And that's why you've given it to us so that you've, you've said in Isaiah that your thoughts are not our thoughts naturally and your ways are not our ways. And so, Father, the only way that we can know your ways and the only way that we can think your thoughts is that we have to be committed to your word. And we thank you that you've given, to it, uh, given it to us. And we thank you, most importantly, that the resident author of that word, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and makes us to understand the truths of your word that are so important for our lives. So Father, encourage those that are listening encourage them not with me, encourage them not with Katie, encourage them with Christ in them, the hope of glory, encourage them with the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, encourage them, Lord, with the power of your word released into their lives. And then as they release that word into other people's lives, you've given the promise in Isaiah 55 that your word will not return to you empty. It will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. And for that, we give you all the praise and all the glory thank you for for using broken vessels like we are uh, for your praise and for your glory in jesus name amen
0: amen hey friend are you feeling stuck maybe in your relationship with god yourself or other people in your life As a professional life and relationship coach, I can help you discover unhealthy patterns and mindsets that are holding you back from experiencing more fulfilling relationships and stepping into that God-sized calling on your life with confidence. You can email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. And be sure to check out my brand new website at anchoredinalways.com for more information and to book your 20-minute free discovery session with me today. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put all of these links in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Please take a quick minute to subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.